Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I have a question about cryptocurrencies and whether or not they would actually be a good hedge against inflation. And provides unbiased answers. Okay, well, cryptocurrency is new and is no, there's no evidence that it is a hedge against anything. Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. What would be some examples of these value stocks that that they're moving into? Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. everybody and welcome to invest talk it is friday march 19th 2021 so the first quarter is almost over first quarter of 2021 is almost over and of course this is invest talk and in today's show as we do talk as we do every day we are we start with our mission statement which is independent thinking and shared success okay so this is our effort to make sure that our market reporting our process of explaining things our educational aspects of the program, all are to, just all are revealed as honestly as we can, as completely as we can in the short period that we have. And please remember that when you talk about a stock, when I'm giving you information on a stock, that is just looking at the 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 uh, the, the, the screens in front of me. It's not an in-depth research of any kind. Okay, it's just not. Okay, so with that in mind. I want to go get right to the question. So let's go ahead and get to our first question. 888-99-CHART is our number. Hey, guys. This is Mitchell from Florida. Love the show. Uh, I was just curious about Alliance Bernstein, ticker symbol AB. I really like the dividend, but when I'm looking at the price, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of missing something. So tell me what you think. Thanks. A, B is the symbol, uh, Alliance Bernstein uh, Holdings Limited, uh, provides research, investment management products, and services for private and institutional investors. Okay, so it's a financial company, $4 billion size, which is a mid-cap. Um, they're going to make $3.69 next year. This year, they allegedly, that's a, you know, that's always an estimate. So whenever I say that next year, it's an estimate. And this year, the estimate is three dollars and thirty-four cents. That's much better than the actual number they had last year of two dollars and eighty-eight cents. So it's a forty-two dollar stock, going to make three dollars sixty-nine cents. So that puts it at what around twelve PE. Now you could say, well, gee, that sounds pretty low. Not really. Its own PE for the last five years had been between five and fourteen. So it's always been a low PE stock. So return to equity is very good at 18%. The dividend is very good at 6.6. I think your dividend is pretty secure. And the only reason you buy this really is for the dividend because it's not cheap. It's not expensive, but it certainly isn't cheap, okay? So don't think in that, those terms. Good, solid company, though. really is, okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need and want information, strategies, help, guidance, whatever it is that you want and need, we will try to provide it because we're all uncertain. 
don't think I know everything. Justin and I are not, we don't, we're not wizards. We're not, you know, we are just very experienced people. I have a lot more experience than he does, but he's a pretty smart fella. So um, we just know how things work in the marketplace. We know how to evaluate stocks. We know how to read our charts and we know how to, uh, we understand fundamentals. So we will share that information. We know, I know the economy very well and I think Justin does too. So we can talk about that also. So give us a call, 888-99-CHART. Today's trivia question concerns a report on how Americans view their financial positions. That's my trivia question. It's coming up at halfway mark. Since it's Friday, I will share highlights from today's KPP Premium Newsletter, if we can get to it. We're going to do it fast because we have lots of callers to get to. So how did the market do today? The Dow was down 234 points, and NASDAQ was up 99 points, and the SP was down 2 points. You're listening to Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. And we've just completed the third trading week of March. So with all that changes and everything that's happened with the vaccines and trying to get back together with big spending coming out of Washington and the Fed's not doing anything different than they have been doing, so what do we do? Okay, well, the goal is always the same, of course, financial freedom. That's always the same and never changes. We want to have, you know what financial freedom to me is? It's stop doing what you have to do and go do what you want to do. Okay, that's what that is all about. So that's our goal. 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Griffin calling from Santa Cruz. I have a question about cryptocurrencies and whether or not they would actually be a good hedge against inflation. Not necessarily just owning Bitcoin, but potentially having a diversified crypto portfolio. Do you think that would be a good hedge against inflation? Uh, Looking forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. Okay, well, cryptocurrency is new, and there's no evidence that it is a hedge against anything, okay, whether inflation or not. Because it's it's new and we don't know it, it hasn't been tested over time to see why it moves and what what does a cryptocurrency react to in the economy or the or or the stock market or you know the world uh, anything we don't know it, it all we know is it goes up and down based on supply and demand okay when people get excited they build it bid it up it goes up we don't know if it's related to anything else tied to anything else. You know, you only know that through time, and it hasn't been around long enough for it to have any of that kind of evidence. So I would say no. You can't use it for a hedge against inflation. Gold is a hedge against inflation. Okay? You can use that because at time over time, gold is a storage of value. Inflation tends to weaken currencies, and if, if the weak currency is positive for inflation and therefore gold is linked more to currency, regular currency, than cryptocurrency. So you're asking me now, is it related to cryptocurrency? We don't know that. Don't, don't have a clue. 
Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns the story. U.S. jobless claims rise to 770,000 with layoffs still pretty high. 770,000 this, this last week. A total of 4.1 million people are continuing to collect traditional stadium unemployment benefits, and but that was down 18,000. Is that a good thing? I, I would think so. We'll take a look at it deeper. Let's go to Emilio's in San Francisco. How are you doing, Emilio's? How are you, sir? Nice to I'm uh, good. hear from you again. Thank you for the call. Absolutely. I was wanted to know about uh, POSCO, that's PKX. POSCO, headquarters out of South Korea. It's a South Korean maker of steel products for the making uh, making of shipbuilding, automotive, and construction markets. So uh, they're going to make $7.03. That's the estimate. That's a, almost a 60% increase from last year. Next year is $7.65, up another, you know, what, 8% or so? It's a $64 stock, going to make $7 this year and $7.00. And Sixty-five cents next year, so that's a low PE. Okay, meaning um, below ten. Don't get excited. It has gone low as three in the last ten, you know, five years. So it, it steel companies generally do have low PEs because they're very much tied to economies, and you know the profit margins are tight. So they don't have a lot of, and they don't have a lot of growth. So I mean. Do you want to own it? No dividend. I don't know. I, I I probably would not buy this one. Even though it's low price, it's not that low price. Not low enough for me. Medios, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. On Fridays, I generally make a quick uh, comment about the newsletter uh, and about economic, the premium newsletter goes out every Friday and about the economic numbers that come out. For instance, the two-year Treasury yield is at one is at 0.147, 0.147, and the ten-year is at 1.7. So huge spread between them. That's the direction that it's been going, and it's getting wider. So that's not that's a good thing. Gold at at uh, 17.45 an ounce. I was up a little bit from last week's at 17.32. Silver today 226.21. Last week, twenty-five ninety-six, up a bit. Oil was selling at sixty dollars fifty-five cents a barrel, down from sixty-five dollars a barrel. So it, it's finally peaked. It looks like to me. And you know, we talk about California gasoline prices at three dollars eighty-seven cents. So you compare that where where you are. I bet you it's cheaper, no matter who I'm talking to out there. Okay, so, anyways, let's go straight. Back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question about gold. Hey, Stephen Justin. It's Robert over in Rosemead, California. I have a question regarding Barrick Gold, ticker symbol gold. How much lower can this stock go? I saw it around 25, 22, and it looked very good there. And it's, I think, since touched 19 or 18 really recently. So, how much lower do you think this can go? And yeah, I'm thinking about adding it to my portfolio as a hedge. Thank you. Have a good one. Looking forward to your answer on the show. Okay, so this is G-O-L-D, Barrick Gold Corporation. Let me get that chart up. G-O-L. There you go. Um, okay. Um, 
Canadian company engaged in uh, production of gold, copper in Canada, U.S., Peru, Chile, and nine other countries. It's a $37 billion company, very large. It's growing about 14% last in the most recent quarter. Before that, it was growing 30 40% in the quarters before that. So it slowed down a little bit, maybe because the price of gold steadied out for the last you know, four or five months or so. It's going to make $1.35 this year. That's the estimate in $1.38. So not much difference between this year and next year. Uh, and it's a $20 stock. So that tells you that it's fairly reasonable price. The P.E. range is 15 to 49 And at $1.38, $1.38, you're looking at what? Uh, 18 P.E.? 17? Okay, well, the low is 15 so it's trading near its low. Return equity is 9%, which is not that great. It's okay. Pays a 1.6% dividend. Not that great. So you pay a plan, you're buying this because it's low price. This is about where it's it, it, it stopped about $10 a share. Uh, no, $16 a share. No. Boy, that's, let's see. Oh, about 19 I guess. And now it's at $20.90. So this is where you pick it up. If you're going to buy it, this is where you buy it. You buy it now because it's low-priced. If you're going to buy a, a, a gold. Remember, it's a hedge against inflation, and this one doesn't pay a very big dividend. So that's really what you're buying is a hedge against inflation, basically. Now, of course, they do also mine copper, which will be in higher demand if, if a commodities boom comes which most people think are, there's going to happen. Okay, uh, let's go to Jake in Los Angeles. Jake. Hey, hey Steve, how you doing? Thanks Good. for taking my call. Um, so I'm 30. I have a decent-sized portfolio, lucky enough, but I want to know how to do growth stocks properly and responsibly. Um, I know that, you yeah. know, there's kind of a rotation into value, but I still, you know, yes. want to take some risk and, take my chances on some good growth stocks for the coming years, and I'm wondering what metrics to look at. Well, of course, when you're looking at growth, you need growth of sales more importantly than growth of earnings, even though growth of earnings is important. But a growth stock always has that characteristic of high growth in sales. Therefore, you're not necessarily looking for big companies, but it, you know, because big companies slow down because a lot of large numbers are big. But that's basically the main matrix metrics you're looking for is growth in sales. It's got to be much higher than the average. You know, they need to be 20, 30, 40 percent or higher. That's what you're looking for. Thanks for the call, Jake. If you send me an email, I'll give you more metrics to look at. Okay. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Pearson for investors. The need to remain vigilant never ceases. Never. So. Let's talk about it. Your participation is very important to the process here. So give us a call, 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Talk 888-99-CHART. Okay, welcome back, everybody. My focus point today concerns U.S. jobless claims rise 770,000 
with layoffs still high. Do you remember how low it was before COVID? It was in the 200,000s. Okay, so till we get back to there, that's this is a, we're a long way from that. We really are. We might get back there fast if the money from the stimulus stimulates the economy. We, we could get there, but it's a lot of that money is not going to be spent this year, a lot of it, which to me was what well, I thought was stimulate the economy to get us back to where we were, but apparently not. There's much more in there than that. But we do, uh, it, s- unemployment claims is a leading economic indicator, and it comes out every week, and we're at 770000 Okay, that's lower than it has been because it was hovering at 800000 right? But last week it was 712,000 or so, so it jumped up the week before this last week. The most recent one is 770,000, that's for last week. So the week before was 712, so it jumped up. I thought we had finally gotten ahead of ourselves because we're now pushing it below 800,000, but it peaked back up. I'm not sure why. I mean, employers are hiring, but they're also laying off, so... We still, until that, until we get fully reopened, we don't know how this is going to work out. It obviously appears that the jobless claims will go down because there's pent-up demand for a lot of the areas that where the jobless claims are coming from, and that's restaurants, entertainment, uh, you know, uh, you know, touristy-type places and things, Vegas. You know, when they reopen all those things, there'll be massive hiring in all the restaurants and tables and, you know, whatever they need. Um, I was in Arizona in a hotel over the weekend, and most of the hotel was empty. So it, it is a problem. It really is. And unemployment claims will get better, but it's something you should watch because it is a leading economic indicator. But keep your eye on that number. Keep your eye on it. Okay, it's Friday, so let's keep going. Here comes here's a call from Maryland. Hey guys, this is Kurt in uh, Columbia, Maryland. Got a question about AT and T. I'm getting close to retirement. I'm using that as one of my dividend stocks. I noticed over the last year, it's been the price has been kind of trending downwards, and the earnings have been going down quarter after quarter, and then it makes the uh, payout ratio on the dividends way over 100%. And then Q4 of 2020, the earnings went way negative, which, of course, made the payout ratio go to infinity. So the question is, is this still a you know strong stock, and are the dividends going to be safe, or should I be looking elsewhere? I'll be listening for your answer. Thanks a lot. No, no you, you stay with the AT&T. It's a $29.74 $29. stock. Uh, earnings in two, 2020 was $3.18. This year, it's going to be $3.12. Next year, it's $3.21. And it's a thir- $29 stock. So I'm not sure where you're getting a negative payout ratio. They're paying 7%. Okay, 7% on $29 is 2 bucks. okay? I'm just rounding things off. Okay, they they make two bu- They're paying out two bucks. They're making three dollars and twelve cents, three dollars and twenty one cents. Even two thousand twenty, they made three eighteen. Two thousand nineteen, they made three fifty seven. So I don't know where you're getting that negative payout ratio because there isn't a negative payout ratio. If you you might be comparing sales 
because that has been shrinking 2, 3, 4%, 5% in the last year and a half. Okay, so you might be getting that negative number from that. I'm not sure. But there is not a negative payout ratio. So, and AT&T does this. They go to what, the high 20s to the mid 30s. That's about it. Now, it has gone up to 43, but that was in 2017. And But usually it's the high 20s to high 30s, and that's where it is. So right now it's at 29. Okay, I think I can fit another question in. Let's try. Gentlemen, good afternoon. This is James Chicago. I was calling to get your take on QuantumScape. The stock symbol is Q as in Quebec, S as in Sierra. Once again, it's QuantumScape. I uh, do enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, just so you know, um, I have, I own a very, very small piece of QuantumScape in my personal 401k. Uh, it's super, super high risk. Well, those people who think I don't take risks or I don't take high risks, well, here's a perfect example, QuantumScape, that I do take risks, but it's rare, and I don't take very much of it, and I didn't take any risks of this particular stock for my clients because it's really high risk. Develops next-generation solid-state lithium metal batteries for use in electric vehicles. Now, it has no sales. No, what it has is patents and has tests that say that they have developed the first solid-state battery, which means it can hold charge much better. It can go much further. There's lots of positive things from that if that's true, and it can be made. Okay, as of 2008, what percentage of the Americans admitted they could not cover an unexpected $400 expense? That's my trivia question. So, can most people, can, can they? How many people? What, and, and what percentage of the survey respondents said they believed they had to work until they die? That's the trivia question. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity, 
or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Okay, I'm going to go through this pretty fast because I, I want to I want to get back to the call. So, um, okay, so as of 2008, what percentage of Americans admitted they could not cover an unexpected $400 expense. And what percentage of the survey respondents said they believe they have to work until they die? This is a 2018 survey, 2018. Obviously taken before the COVID pandemic. 12% of Americans said they could not cover a potential $400 expense. Things might be worse today. Here's a look at some other stats produced by the survey. 61% said they could... They could afford the $400 in cash or equivalent, while 27% of Americans said they would have to borrow the $400 or sell assets. That's that's terrible. 82% of the married couples said they were doing well financially compared to 65% of, 60, of uh, single people. So there's other survey numbers in there. Um, I, I, um, so if you're in this boat, by the way, what you can do, manage your spending. Control spending. Okay? You need to control it. I, I have a very simple thing. Spend less than you earn and invest the rest. And you should be able to save 10% at the least. Okay? You should be able to do that. Okay? And 37% of everybody, of the Americans said they have to work till they die, by the way. 37%. We're going to roll, fielding as, fielding as many caller questions as possible. So let's get back to it here on Invest Talk. This is a voicemail that came in earlier. Hey, Steve or Justin. It's Steve Ozier calling in from New Hampshire here. Love the show. Quick question for you. I was hoping you guys could go over alpha and beta and maybe the difference between the two of those from what we're reading. You know, it's analytics on the stocks. So I uh, hope all is well. I really appreciate the, uh, the show. Thanks. Okay, um, let me pick one of those. Let me pick the beta. Um, when we're, this is a look at the look at a comparison of the target company, the one you're investing in, to itself, alpha, to the market, beta. Okay, so 
Simply put, if we're talking about beta, the stock market has a beta of one. So, if the stock chart, the, ta- the target company you look at also has a beta of one, that means it goes up in lockstep with the stock market, it goes up and down with the stock market. So, if you're looking at a beta of, of a company that's 1.2, that means it's 20% more volatile than the overall S&P 500. Now, that volatility could be up or down. Now, if you're looking at a beta of 0.5, that means it's half the volatility of the market. Now, why is this important? Why would you do this? Well, if you're looking for, you know, out, you know, if you're looking for um, better than market returns, you want a high beta for your company, right? Because you're looking for it to outperform. Okay, the market. If you get, if you're getting a very low beta stock, that means you're looking for a stock that's very steady, is not volatile, and generally paying high dividends because those are the ones that fit that category. So that's what beta is used for. Remember, alpha, alpha is something different. That's a relationship of a stock to itself over time. So we'll, we can talk about it another day, or you can ask that question at another time. Okay. The KPP Premium Newsletter went out today. It goes out every day, uh, every Friday. Um, I don't really want to talk about it too much. The highlight of this week was that there wasn't very much economic news. It was the Federal Reserve meeting, and they said they're not going to do anything. They're going to keep it the same. Keep it the same. The truth is, you know, it's hard to unravel the mystery of markets, and I mentioned that. And, you know, what do you look for? How do you do it? It takes time. It's done over time. So it's not a simple thing to do. A couple of stock ideas today. Um, There were big companies. Uh, Let's see, one was in the communications sector. We've actually talked about it on the air today. Um, also highlighted the, glo- the largest global provider of engineering, procurement, construction, fabrication operations. And because of a reflation of the world economy, that might work. So those are two we mentioned. Remember, these are stock ideas. These aren't, oh, go buy this today. No, we just say these are ones that we kind of, we well, we're watching. Either we own it or we um, plan on buying it, or it's on our watch list, okay? One of these we did own today, in many of our managed accounts. Uh, Consumer Watch. Um, Talked about people becoming part of the, you know, and joining the retirement plans at work and how many people don't do it, and the laws that's going to change and may force you to, uh, may force the employer to automatically sign you up and automatically take 3% of your paycheck, your money, put it in there, and you can opt out of it, but it's going to do, if this passes, it will be automatic. you got to take, you know, got to watch out for that. And usually there is a lot of information in the newsletter that I think you could use. I really do. It's easy to subscribe. Go directly to investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll see the full report each Friday directly in your inbox, your email inbox. Up next, voice bank question from San Jose, California. Hi, guys. Eric from San Jose calling, uh, listening to you guys on KDOW, San Francisco. Viacom, 
should I sell? I've been holding it since March of last year. Bought in at about 15. It's uh, high 60s. I'm just checking to see what you guys uh, think at this point in time where they're at. Thanks. Look forward to hearing from you. Okay, uh, Viacom. Uh, it is uh, headquarters in New York, New York. Global media company engaged in TV broadcast and motion picture production and publishing. Obviously, motion pictures have been tanking, but that didn't hurt them too much. They still made four dollars and one cents this year, and they made four twenty last year, four eighty four the year before, and four twenty six next year. So, stayed pretty steady. The stock has had a very good run. So the question is, is it going to run higher? That's really what you're asking. Is it going to keep going? Because you've made lots of money on it already. So uh, let me take a quick look at the chart here. Boy, it has run up. I, I think I, I, at $97, it's never been $97 before. So I think you cut, you, you either... Take some profits off the table. I would take off some profits off the table. And I would follow it up with a tight stop because it's way ahead of itself. It's a $97, going to make $4.26, so it's a 21, 22, 23 PE, 23 maybe. And if it's 23 PE, the five-year range is 2 to 24. So it's right at the top of its range. Return on equity is 18. It's a huge company, $60 billion. I take profits here. I take them. Be happy with it. Okay, 888-99-CHART. Here comes a question we seem to get a few times each month, but I know we are adding new listeners each day, so I'll tackle it again. My question is, I have a uh, managed 401k account that I, of course, cannot bother with or touch, and everything's fine with that, but I had a 401k from a previous job of $12,000. I put that in a different brokerage account and I pick my own stocks. It's grown from 12000 to 43000 in about a year. Without adding to that, what could I do or what should I do with that account next? Should I just leave it alone and let it grow and pick stocks back and forth? I'm looking for your advice. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know what else you're thinking you should do with it. Uh, you're doing very, very well. Why would you not continue to do that? Uh, I would. Yeah, so yeah, you just continue to pick the stocks that you liked. Um, it, I will warn you, you will not always do that well. That's just not possible, okay? So don't think that that's just something routine. And don't get disappointed when that happens. That's my biggest issue. You know, some years you may not, you may, you will lose money. You will. But don't get disappointed when that happens. Don't get discouraged. You know, keep at it. Long term, you're going to make more money in the stock market than any place else. Now, you could reduce your risk. I don't know what kind of risk you're taking. You had to probably take a lot of risk That's, with that kind of growth. You kind of have to. But, uh, you know, keep at it. There's no reason to change anything. This is Invest Talk. And never closes. We never close the listener line. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Trent from Eden Prairie calling about stock called Box Inc. B-O-X is the ticker symbol. I saw that this stock or this company bought a e-signature company and it was going to compete against DocuSign and, and I think Adobe. Just looking for your thoughts on this one. It looked like it was maybe a little more 
it hadn't had the run-up that the other ones had, so maybe a little more of a value play. I will hang up and listen for your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, it's a box, Inc., out of Redwood City, California. Provides cloud-based platform for organization to manage uh, manage their content, collaborate interna- internally and externally. Okay, so it's Box Inc. They, they, they started making money in 2020. Before that, they were losing money. So in 2020, they made three cents. 2021, they made 70 cents. 2022, they're going to make 80 cents. And next year, they're going to make a dollar one. That's the estimates. Sales growth is not that strong. That's what uh, concerns me. It's a $3.5 billion company. Uh, 8% in the most recent quarter. Before that, it was uh, 11, 11, 13, 12, 14%, 16%. See, so the, it's not a huge grower, and that's why. This is a growth company with not huge growth, just good growth. Okay, so a $1 and a $22 stock, okay, it's a 22 PE. Is that cheap? Well, the five-year range for this company, you know, doesn't have been around for five years making money, but the range for what it has is the lowest 24 and the highest 627 when it made three cents a share. <laughs> okay, so you really can't compare that. That really is not a good par- comparison. I think it's fairly valued here. I don't think it's cheap. I don't think it's expensive either. But it's had a pop. It popped up here a couple, three weeks ago, and from like uh, what eighteen dollars now it's twenty two. Uh, I, I don't think I'd, I'd be buying it at this point. I wait for a pullback. Next, we pivot to Minnesota for a question that came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is TJ. I'm calling from Minnesota on stock symbol. O-R-A, Oscar Romeo Alpha. Um, I recently took a position at about 106 per share, uh, and it took a pretty significant drop during the last pullback that we had. Also, it looks like an investment firm is short the stock, which is driving it even lower today. Just wondering if you think this is something I should exit um, as I bought in to gain some exposure to uh, renewable energy as well as geothermal power. It looks like they re service power plants to accomplish this please let me know and i look forward to hearing what you have to say on the show thanks bye-bye okay omat technologies uh, headquartered in reno nevada develops and operates geothermal and recovery recovered energy-based power plants worldwide it's just very expensive you bought it when it was running up because it was all everybody's all excited about clean energy here but if you go back to the fundamentals Always, always, always look at the fundamentals. They make money. They're going to make a dollar forty-five per share this year, which is down ten percent from the year before. And they're going to make next year a dollar eighty-five per share, and it's a seventy-six dollar stock. Very, very overpriced. Return on equity is only five percent. Cash flow is good. Four dollars plus a share. Pays a very tiny dividend. Sales have been falling the last four quarters. Fundamentally, it's way overpriced still. Is it a good area to be in? Sure. But wait till it gets cheap. All the excitement and hype about clean energy and new new administration coming in with the new, yeah, all that is great, but you still have to look at the fundamentals and decide, well, was, is it worth this kind of money? And the answer is no. 
Okay, we transition from upper Midwest to Florida for the stock question, for the next stock question. Hi guys, it's James from Florida. I just wanted to get your opinion of ticker symbol GLW. Thanks a bunch. Bye-bye. That's corning. Corning was uh, when when fiber cable first came out, corning was the maker. They made glass. Makes glass substrates for LCDs, optical fiber cables for municipalities and ceramic pollution control products. Corning. They started out making dishes, Corningware. They probably still do make it, I don't know. But uh, they got into uh, making the f- cable glass fibers, you know, that, that light goes through and speeds really fast, all that kind of stuff. And that's where it really took off. And then, of course, well, now it's not that, you know, that's, that's years and years and years ago now. Anyways, they're going to make $1.96 up from $1.39 last year. Then next year, $2.20, and it's a $41 stock. So that makes about a 20 PE. The average, 11 to 30. So it's not cheap. It's not expensive. It's kind of a little bit more expensive than at the mid part, midpoint there. So the good part is it's growing. Uh, sales the last two quarters, last quarter's up 19%. So that's the good part you're seeing here. 2.3% dividend. Um I need a catalyst before I buy this, and I don't see one. So, not for me. Next, we will take a live call from Texas, but you got to hang on. Everybody hang on. This is the best talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom, and our work will continue after this break. So, get your questions ready. 888-99-CHARGE. Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. 888 99 Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Rush in Austin, Texas. Hi, Rush. Uh, hi, Steve. I love your show. Uh, Thank you. I have a three-part question. Um, I keep hearing in the news or until recently that a lot of these large funds moving or rotating out of growth stock into value stocks. So first of all, what does that mean? Uh, second thing, has it already happened? And third part of the question is, what would be some examples of these value stocks that are, that they're moving into? Uh, thank you so much. Okay, uh, it is happening. Is it too late? I don't think so. I think it's just the beginning of a process. And what's the difference between uh, large growth stocks versus value stocks? Well, growth stocks represent, you know, the Fang stocks are the most famous: Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Amazon. You know. Those are the most famous. Those are high growth stocks or were, uh, and they were driving the market. So it's all those tech stocks growing. And, and you can easily see it by looking at a chart of the Qs, QQQ, which is the 100 largest NASDAQ companies, which are the tech stocks, basically. Not all tech, but most of them. Uh, and then to compare that with the Dow, which is a very large, big, blue chip, boring, value-oriented stocks. 
And you'll see that Dow's way outperforming the, the NASDAQ right now for the last month or so. So that tells you you're having a, a handoff from growth to value. Okay, what are some of the examples of value? Well, we talk about them here on the radio today. AT&T is a value stock. We talked about that on the radio. Um, uh, and we're going to talk about another one here up in a minute. 3M, that's a value stock. Okay, so value stocks are usually, okay, not, not considered high-growth stocks. They can be growing, but usually pretty slow. They usually are bigger companies, but they don't have to be, but generally they are. So the, the remember, growth is all about sales growth. 20, 30, 40, 100%. Value stocks are not. It's all about dividends and buying stocks that are inexpensive compared to their fundamentals. Okay, let's squeeze in one more call before the end of the hour from Southern California. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Michael from Redlands. I called a few months ago about uh, Freeport McMoraine, and it's gone up about 35%, so I appreciate the advice. Today I want to ask about the company 3M. I noticed it's uh, gone up about 52% from uh, March of 2020 compared to 70% for the S&P, and the uh, earnings per share is about 18 times, about $9.60 projected for 2021. Do you think uh, this is a good entry point for 3M and to hold on for a long period of time? I appreciate the show, and I learned a lot. Thank you, Justin and Steve. And I would say no. 3M, I was actually looking at this to buy for the, today for, for clients, and I felt, I just think it's too expensive. It's not, okay. This would be considered a value stock, 3M. It's a $108 billion stock. It's going to make $10.45 next year after making $9.60 this year. Okay, it's a $188 stock. So that means it's like an 18, 19 PE, and you would think, well, that's not that's pretty reasonable. Not really. The range is 13 to 28, so it's not cheap. Return on equity is very good at 44%. has a very nice dividend at 3.1%. Sales growth are, are increasing 4 to 6% in the last couple of quarters. All those are good, but at $188, it's already had a pretty good run. I mean, you know, I just think it's a little pricey, even though it's a, you know, it's not, you know, compared to some PEs, this is not that bad at all. And I like where it is. You know, 3M provides industrial tapes, adhesives, medical and office products, surveillance and communication. I like all that. I just think it's just too too costly. Even though it's, the PE is not that far out of line, I just think it, we can do better. That's all. That's all. Like 3M, though, don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's cheap enough to be a, a deep value stocks. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, this now completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, live. And we post it just a few minutes after the show. So get your free download. You can get it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com, our website. And be sure to review and rate us, please. Independent thing you share success. This is Invest Talk. Everybody have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 